greetings, everybody, and welcome to another spooky episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara K. Elliott, and I'm not joined this week by my co-host, Latoya Ferguson, um, but in the meantime, I'm joined by the lovely and hilarious um, Ashley Reese. Hey, Ashley, what's up? <laughs> hey, nothing much. How about you? Uh, nothing. I just sat through this, and I'm clearly sick, and I don't know if it's because of this, but I feel like <laughs> it might be, so... Uh, we watched the um, infamously terrible in the toy's mind stalker season one episode five the haunting now this is an episode where I mean to me it's a good premise because you got like a show about stalking and honestly as creepy as that is it's gonna make for decent you TV. still want to watch it yeah, yeah. like and it's by Kevin Williamson that's like number one for me is like Oh my god, when me and Latoya were first talking about this, it's just baffling to me to think that, like, Kevin Williamson misstepped this huge. And I'm not trying to say, like, he's flawless, he's done a lot of, like, duds in his time, but this is the guy who wrote all, most of Dawson's Creek, created it, obviously. He did, um, well, Glory Days before that, he written, he's written Scream, he's written, well, all, all the Screams, he's written Curse, he's written Teaching Miss Tingle, The Faculty, he's written, I know you did last summer... And then, of course, more recently, he's the EP on The Following, a creator of The Following, and then The Vampire Diaries. So, like, this is someone who knows how to scare people really well. And this show does an okay job. Like, there are some jump scares in here that are pretty decent, but I mostly am just, like, infuriated because, like, the characters suck so bad and the writing is so <laughs> rough that it's you can't... really, really... I think that, like, you know, it's it's one of the situations where you're not sure if, like, the writing is really bad and like the actors don't know what to do with what they're given or like are the actors just bad like i mean if you're not familiar with any of the actors or anything it's it's very easy to think like oh these are bad actors but i don't know which one is i don't know what 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 it's hard to kind of yeah and and it's weird because these actors aren't necessarily terrible i've seen some of them in other things although i've never really enjoyed till mcdermott to be honest (laughs) he always seems like he's like stalking someone. I mean, it's good casting. Like, he just has a weird vibe to him. Like, I feel like... Typecasted as a stalker. Yeah, like, he is the epitome of someone who's, like, uh, what do you call it? Swipe left or something. Like, he's, like, the like the awesome, like, dad stalking his kid in the trees and looks totally the norm. Like, that wasn't a weird scene we'll get to later on, because it was like, yeah, it's totally what he does at home, yeah. off screen. Like, he's a weird guy, and I don't have an easy time, like, finding him. Like, the thing about Kevin Williamson is he casts people who are so charming in what they're doing that you usually mm-hmm. can't help but find them, like, intriguing, even though they're, like, either crazy or... Or they're villains, or they're just like the the final girls. Like he casts people that are usually likable, and that's what's interesting about the characters is that even if they're doing terrible things or they have complicated motivations, you're interested in them. Like Stu Mocker remains one of my favorite characters ever, and I'm not saying that like you know one of those creepy like piece. I love uh, the the Columbine kids creeper. Like I like mm-hmm. him because that is a fascinating character and he has a full fluid mind that is like represented on screen and there would have been a great movie all about Stu Mocker if Columbine hadn't happened and they had they couldn't take because if you have never heard this Scream 3 was originally supposed to be about Stu Mocker oh. but then that stuff went down and it was like well clearly we can't release this because it's too real and it became the terrible awful nonsense that was Roman and all of Scream 3 um, and Stab which I do like that it gave us Stab more of Stab but it's not a good movie <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination especially compared to 1 and 2 but anyway so but regardless of that what I'm saying that for is because you have a main character in Dylan McDermott who is fucking boring as shit. <laughs> what does he do in this episode? He um, 
just he frowns. He frowns and, and he, like stares with um, jet black eyes, like a, like a cat. Like ugh. yeah, just like just brooding and just yeah, pretty dull. I mean, it's kind of like you can see that he's just like the guy who's there to like shake things up. Really, <laughs> like, he's not oh, shaking like, anything up. That's the weird. The only part you consider like shaking things up is when he doesn't follow police protocol and walks into right. a guy's house without probable cause. That just means he's a right. shitty cop to me. <laughs> Ooh, shaking things up by being a well, bad cop. They make it seem like, you know, they, like, emphasize, like, his past, like, with that one scene where she's, like, or that, um, that woman. I, is she, like, a, is she a DA or another detective? Either way, his, like, oh, yeah. baby mama, who was pretty much just, Elizabeth like, got a, she was, like, threatening him to get out of town. <laughs> just, and it was Elizabeth Rome, too. Like, someone who, again, is very really, like, we've seen her do a skilled version of a cop slash lawyer slash DA, whatever, in a million things, in Law and Order and Angel and other stuff. But, like, she is literally relegated to walking around with a kid on the phone and then leaving a room in this episode. Like, they, they get no character moments. Like, this is so much more procedural than the shows he's done. And it shows mm-hmm. to me, like, his strengths are not in this. It's His strengths in this episode are the jump scares, because those are easy for him to do. And they're right. really well, well telegraphed because you always never, even though I've watched everything he's done like a million times, you still somehow never quite like see it coming. You do, but you don't. And it's just slightly misdirected enough that it does freak you out a little bit. And mm-hmm. like, uh, I think that the, the lighting is really well done in some of the scenes. Like that's obviously oh, yeah. well directed. It's not a bad looking show or anything. Aesthetically, it's pretty great. Yeah. But like, I mean, as far as like procedural, like drama. He like, does not go with the writing there. Yeah. The writing is no, tough as hell. The writing is what's like immediately like just kind of seemed like really like stilted and like yeah uh. <laughs> yeah it's tough and dylan mcdermott is the kind of person where i think if if it was somebody who's a lot more charismatic you might like look the, look to the left of that but like it's something like our elementary is very similar it's it's very aesthetically pleasing but the the writing is is a little more top notch for it being a procedural show where it could mm-hmm. be it could slack off because it doesn't need to you know, a procedural right. show, you're not tuning in for great writing, necessarily. You're tuning right. in Just for like, case of the week stuff. I mean, if we did, then, like, you know, then our opinion of, like, something like SEU would be a lot different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> It's not we watch like, it for entertainment and like and like iced tea is like one liners. We don't watch it for like yeah, basically for like serious. Like wow, this is like a really well written show, beautiful show. Like and no, I mean, just don't get me wrong. You can do a, an episode or two of that, but you can't maintain yeah, that but, kind of like um, companion piece without really really good writing. And that's mm-hmm. I think Elementary does something like that. There's been other shows that do similar things where it's like. Even like oh, I said before, Angel. Angel has a very uh, procedural vibe for a lot of the show. It's very serialized by the by the middle to the end of the series, but mm-hmm. early on, it's very very um, standalone monster of the week kind of stuff, and they do a good job of it because it's you gotta you gotta realize like look, we either need to commit to having like good characters who make these mm-hmm. everyday procedural plots interesting, or commit to the procedural element so at least the cases are interesting. In this, we kind of get on neither. Like neither is interesting. Like the case itself is boring as hell. It was- yeah, and it was, like, a little, like... Hard to follow. Lump- yeah, a little hard to follow. Like, a little, like, just kind of, like, lumpy. <laughs> I feel like, like... I mean, I understand, like, the purpose of us, like, kind of, you know, through... Like, I mean, every kind of mystery kind of show like this does it. You think it's one person, then, like, you know, 20 minutes later, you think, it, oh, it's that, it's gotta be this guy. And then at the end, like, it's just, like, a rush kind of job to, like, kind of put the plot together. And it's just, like, by the end, you're, like, so... 
out of it. It's just like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is happening now. <laughs> Not a lot of build up to like really find out who's really responsible for all these like haunting situations. It, by the end of it, it's more about the the girl's relationship or something than it is yeah. about the stalking. Like the fact that it's called stalker, there's a whole lack of stalking in this. Like they're stalking because <laughs> the guy is technically stalking them, but like it's a, it's this like unknown source, which I I guess you. It's the, really more the problem. Is, 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 is he really stalking if he just lives in the house? No, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I guess about kind that. Of, I have like... no idea what stalking really construes. And I'm not to try and, I, I never want to diminish stalking. Like, that's a horrible thing. And it certainly could be a show on its own, but that premise itself is a little too specific that you end up getting, like, yeah. too close to, like, um, you, you end up accidentally becoming a little too specific about what the show's about. So then. You have to, mm-hmm. like, really pigeonhole what every episode's about, because... And, like, make it very, very... Like, I mean... Because if it's if it's only about stock... Like, I mean, if we're talking about, like, reality yeah. here. It's not... I mean, not a whole lot of variety is going to come from that. It's, like, very, like, you know, textbook case of, like, oh, someone, like angry ex and like, oh, get a restraining order or, oh, they might do something like to escalate. But like every single week having that same thing over and over again, no, it's like, I, wonder, um, I can imagine this show getting like a little sale. I wonder sale if there are quickly. like actual like stalking departments in police. I don't feel like that's a thing. Is it? I don't, I mean, I don't think so. They weren't like FBI, but... they were, just, were they? I don't know. No, th- no, I think it was the whole, like, purpose of it was just, like, oh, this is, like, a special unit that... was stalking? ...is devoted to stalking. kind of weird, Which, right? I mean, like... <laughs> I mean, stalking's, like, you know, an important thing. I just feel like the- it's very um, connected to other kind of issues. I don't know. It just seems like the con- the premise for a show to just be based on that it seems like they really have to get really ridiculous to have something different every See, single look, like, week. Criminal Minds which is, is how like you get... Criminal Minds is, like, a super specific, like, just, like... Just profiling sure. behavioral nut cases. I get that, but they're like flying. Well, all even over that's the a little bit more. They're not like yeah. In one area. Even that's like a little bit. It's definitely still a little bit more. Um, a little bit more like they can like they can play around a little bit more mm-hmm. with that than just like oh another case of like a person like following you like what how do we like make this spicy this week it's like mm, you can see like how it kind of like flails into like not really knowing what it wants to focus on. Because it's so, like... It, like, it's accidentally just... made it so that you only can talk about stalking, which is, again, it's a major issue, but it's, like, it's it's just strange to me, because in, in this episode, for example, there's some stalking elements that are, like, beyond, like, the, the Bobby stuff we'll get into. That's actually, to me, like, the creepiest part of it, because it's real. Yeah. And it's 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 not really... It's hard to explain, because basically... Oh, here we go. I'm going to read a little bit about it, because I, I want to look it up. I want to find out exactly what it's called. So, this is a television series about victims of stalking and the detectives, detectives of LAPD's Threat Assessment Unit who investigate the crimes. So, I guess that they are just supposed to be, like, a, a special unit for stalking. So... Or, yeah... Yeah, threats. he's he's transferring from another um, <coughs> role into that position, which is what we, you can kind of get. Like you get that he's not like a normal. He's he's new in town. Yeah. He's new. Um, yeah. So <laughs> like I, I, to me, like I, I'm sure that exists, like a threat assessment unit. Like that does that definitely sounds legit. Like it's mostly probably more like profiling, which is not great, but I feel like that's exactly mm-hmm. what they do. It's more like this is like a or it'd be interesting if they had like a like even like a cyber element yeah, of that. Yeah, like, exactly. 
Like, that'd be interesting. I but feel like, like there's probably, like, something out of, like, Homeland Security, too. Like, threats like that. Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't know that they can... Like, honestly, if you're getting that many threats of stalking in just, like, that one little area, I'm like, you got something going on. Like, like somebody, like, look into this. Because they're talking, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, this this college that we always deal with. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, why should you always yeah. deal with this college? I'm like, what's wrong here? <laughs> Someone, like, to talk, get, like, get a better security system or something. I was, like, really concerned <laughs> for those students. I felt really bad. Because they really did act like it was totally normal that this was all going down. Like, oh yeah, like, we were here last week for another stalking. Like, what? What are you talking about? Like, if you've had, like, three stalkings at a, at a single college, you've got to put better, like, security on the, on the uh, ground. Or at least educate people or something. Oh, Jesus Christ. But, so anyway, we can get into the episode itself. I'm sure we'll keep talking about how ridiculous it is because there's still plenty to say. But, so, the, the, the premise basically is that they're, they're hunting down stalkers, and in this case, the stalker immediately we're not sure who it is but it becomes like unraveled throughout the episode who it was and, and again it's very debatable whether or not it was considered a stalking anyway because it was more like a living like a, a, living, <laughs> a living situation a living yeah. unit. but so anyway so um so they so there starts out when we meet Lori and um annie is it what it was anna or annie yeah and they're these two college girls who go to the, the college in town and they are shopping for halloween costumes and like right off the bat i was pissed because they're like slut shaming one another about like yeah wear like oh let's not get too slutty with this costume let's get I'm just okay. like oh, okay. really needed this like thanks Yawn. but like I, to me I'm like this is Kevin Williamson I don't I don't know if he wrote this episode I hope to God he didn't but he could have um, I wouldn't be shocked it was not possible <laughs> but um uh, it's to me it's like oh my God like please he did he did write it so that's even more sad but like please we don't need <laughs> to have like this this terrible like buzzwordy kind of like. Like, oh, let's dress slutty this week. Like, it's just, it's, it feels like something ripped from a headline, and it just makes me really annoyed, because I'm like... Yeah, it was a little, it was a little, like, heavy-handed. Yeah, like, hey, we're hip kids, we know what you guys are talking about, like, slutty costumes yeah. and stuff. And so, uh, they're, they're talking about which they, what they should wear for Halloween, essentially, and she decides to try, she gets convinced by her friend, um, Annie does, I think it's Annie, um, she just, Annie's, like, the yeah. kind of the, um, the plane of the two of them, like, she's the one that's more, like... I guess she's the she's the target also as well, but she's yeah. also the I guess you call like the diminutive one or like she's the quieter one. Mm-hmm. So that her friend yeah. um, Lori is the one that's like, hey, let's like spice it up this Halloween. You just dumped Bobby. We're gonna have a good time. You're gonna like fuck a bunch of guys. It's great. So <laughs> like, get this awesome slutty costume. And I kind of I dug that for a minute, but it was also they, they dwelled a little too long on like the fighting over whether slutty's a good thing. Which I didn't love, but yeah. so she does actually. She's like, "All right, fine, I'll wear it. That's cool." So she goes to try on this like French maid costume, which is like it's not even a good costume. I was like, "Girl, you could do so much better than that costume." Yeah, like get a little bit more unique yeah. than like it was a French maid. Really and so she goes into the the room and she's like trying to change it on, and someone like grabs the. It's so creepy right from the get go. I hate that shit. Like any kind, anytime you go to like a, a dressing room and the the doors are not doors, they're just like big heavy curtains. I'm like no thanks. But in this case, it's like some hand grabs out and tries to like open the curtain, and she like shoves it closed. Like, oh, I'm in here getting dressed. <laughs> like that's the kind of like she's supposed to be so like you know like uh, oblivious at first. Like, and, and really even later on mm-hmm. too, she's just supposed to play like dumb. I think a little bit. Um, she's nice. She's yeah, a nice no, girl. She, but she's she seems. But like to a yeah, fault. it seems like she's just not really getting how serious this is, even from the get go. Like I was, even when my like, God, when that clown shows up, I was like, uh-huh. You're an idiot. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm so sorry. Then, like, yeah. I don't want to blame like, this poor girl for being stalked, but, like, 
No, but, like, if you are trying on your French maid outfit and, like, a very, like, um, abandoned kind of um, part of, like, a costume store and all of a sudden you see a clown behind you. Like, okay, so like, she describe this a little better. So, so, basically, she's getting changed. She she hears someone, and she's like, wait a minute, who the hell is that? And she's like, Annie? Annie? And she's like, or not Annie, or Lori? Lori? Whatever. Whoever the other girl is. Mm-hmm. She, like, sticks her head out <laughs> looking for her. And she's like, where are you? And like no one's there so she gets out and like looks at herself in the mirror and she's like oh, i kind of like it kind of thing yeah she's kind of feeling herself and then all of a sudden clown yeah and then, and then well, if a ball bounces to her and she oh, like, yeah. grabs the ball and then turns around like boom and then there's this huge like tall big like husky dude in a clown suit just staring at her and it's so fucking creepy like it i don't even i'm not even afraid of clowns it was just so menacing i'm not either but like it was just like not if if i was in that situation i'd be like not no not even a little i'd be creeped out from the get-go and so but i guess she maybe thought it was her friend or something but i'm like in what world will your friend be that big it looks like a quarterback but like so she also described this this costume shop throughout looks like they've never paid their electric bill it's like super dark the lights have like like prince style scarves over them so everything's red it's like super scary lighting which i guess it's a halloween store and that's probably like helpful and like you know setting the mood but like it really does not lend itself to a like so we've got so picture this you've got these huge like um dressing rooms with like drapey curtains in front of them everything's basically black above and then there's like red lights here and there so it's like really dark and creepy and then you get a student that like clown costume just shows up in the abandoned like quiet section i think the only two other people that were in the whole place to be honest besides the guy that works there yeah and it's like super <laughs> creepy and instead of like screaming immediately she's just like hey and throws the ball back and i'm like no so let's see bounce the ball yeah that was really and stupid then, she, she was just like oh let me play like ball with this scary clown that came out of nowhere i'm like no why don't you just tell him to like yeah. fuck off so or, like, just like don't talk to him and he like like tilts his head like creepy like and she says bobby is that you so we i think up until that point we maybe didn't know who bobby was but i think she might have mentioned mm. it with a friend earlier but either way she bobby is her ex-boyfriend bobby is the ex maybe it's him that's just like screwing with her um she's like bobby and he and he just tilts his head to the side and throws the ball again and then um She's like, all right, enough clown. Just that's where she's finally like, all right, let's like, this is getting a little weird. <laughs> enough clown. Just, just, how long is he gonna sit there and play ball with her? Like, he would have probably done it for. Yeah, no, that was like that. I think that scene, that scene was like thirty seconds too yeah. long. Like they kept playing ball with each other. I'm just like, when is this gonna end? <laughs> I would have loved the end then... like forty five minutes of them just playing ball. <laughs> that would be so fucking creepy. Oh my god. So, but then after she told him, like, okay, enough. He like throws the ball like at her like really oh, oh my god it cracks the it cracks the mirror like what kind yeah of ball? I didn't, i'm like i did not know ball. that ball was bouncy balls they don't, don't, do they don't crack mirrors they, he would have to be like heisman level to be able to crack a mirror with a bouncy yeah. ball but regardless he <laughs> shatters the mirror and she jumps out of the way it's like even if it did if he did intend to hit the mirror if that had hit her it would have bruised her horribly like that would have definitely fucked her <laughs> up it could have like like given her like a uh concussion if it hit her head like it's yeah. crazy and so she goes running she creeps she's like real creeped out and jumps in the room and she's like oh and she starts calling out for her friend 
And then she's like, nobody comes, nobody comes. Her friend sucks a little bit because her friend just disappears. <laughs> like, what kind of person just leaves? You're the one that told her to put on this slutty outfit. You don't want to say it on her? But, um, so she, she's nowhere to be found. But so she's, like, screaming out for help. And then make... Clown guy kind of, like, Yeah, makes, makes her, her run for bit, it. The clown, like, grabs her from behind, which is when it really... Well, that's the creepy jump scare of it all. I mean, it was creepy enough when he showed up. But, like, mm-hmm. she's almost out of the out of the changing area. And he, like, literally comes from behind and grabs her. It's pretty freaking creepy. And he, like, like kind of, he, like you said, manhandles her, throws her around a little bit. Like, not, like, super, super aggressive, just sort of... I mean, it's still aggressive, don't get me wrong. He literally grabs her. Enough to be terrifying. <laughs> it is, and you don't know who this person is, so it's absolutely terrifying, but it's... It's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I don't want. I want to picture like he's not throwing her to the ground or anything. He's just right. grabbing her and then moving her and trying to. I, I don't know what he's trying to do, but he's just <laughs> grabbing her. And so she she kicks away. She throws one of the curtains over his head and like wraps him up in it so he gets like blinded and he can't he can't hold her anymore. And she gets away, runs off to the to the, uh, the store clerk and her friend who was just like up front just chilling or something, like, <laughs> Snapchatting like, "Oh my god, my friend's like totally screaming in the background." <laughs> um, but so uh, they they're like, "What's wrong?" And they're like, "She's like, call the cops or somebody here." And they they go back and of course the costume has been abandoned. I'm like, first of mm-hmm. all, whoever did this is incredibly adept at being a criminal yeah. because they got out of there with <laughs> very like, is there an exit that we don't know about? Like they I, went out like like stage door left. <laughs> like, yeah, just, it was like, amazing. Rounds. It was like a really like it was something like Venom of the Opera shit. Mm-hmm. But so um so he's gone, nowhere to be seen, and they're calling the cops. So like uh oh, and the cops come and they instantly like treat it like every other episode would be probably is is it your ex? Yeah, it's probably my ex. Okay, let's put a restraining on. It's like literally like that's what you're saying. Like the procedural element of it is mm-hmm. so classic. Like yeah, he's my ex. It's probably that. Oh well, let's just put press charges. Blah blah. blah. So, um, but the, in the meantime, though, we're introduced to some other guy who's, who seems irrelevant to this whole episode, but probably is, like, a, a grand scheme of things kind of plot, where it's this guy named Perry who, like, finds out one of the cops' real name through a guy who's probably, like, a member of 4chan, and then says, like, <laughs> Yeah, no, actually, though. <laughs> like, it was so Probably, like, a Bitcoin dumb. him. <laughs> it really was. I know. It really was. It was, like, a, I'll pay pay you the Bitcoins later. Like, <laughs> it was so... It's like, it was such a buzzwordy kind of... No, bullshit, no, it like, really was, like, kind of, like, you know this dude's talking to someone who spends way too much time on 4chan, like, likes, like, Pepe memes. Like, yeah. that's what it was. I mean, like, I, I can respect it, because it was probably, like, legit, like, that's how they would find someone like that. But it was really ridiculous. Um, but that's, so that's like, in the background, and it kind of comes into play later on, but it's probably something that's being set up for the whole season, and we don't really, I, I personally, having not seen it, I don't even know what the hell is going on with that plot, so whatever. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, we also meet, this is when we first run into Dylan McDermott, among everybody else. Um, and he is, I mean, they're, they're trying to clear the air between him and his other partner, because apparently they They, like, hooked sex. up. And it's awkward, and uh, apparently everyone else knows, even though he doesn't think everybody does. And he just wanted to clear the air and be legit. And I, they, they seem okay, but it's kind of awkward, obviously. Who knows where that'll, you know. Yeah, I mean, no. it's hard to say. So, <laughs> we were just basically like, they're like, by the way, remember when we had sex the other night? And he's like, yep. And then they like, go on with the case, like nothing happened. Um, and then uh, the girls are in with the other cops, which is uh, Maggie Q. Maggie Q is, I think she's probably the best part of this episode. I liked her a lot. Yeah. She's not really given much to do. She's always good at what she does, in my opinion. You always, like, want to pay attention to what she's doing. Like, she has, like, a presence. Yeah, she does. I think she just seems like the most, like, it feels like she's a real cop who's just stuck in the middle of this terrible episode. Like, I'm just trying to do my job, guys. You suck. Because everybody (laughs) else in this show sucks at what they're doing. Yeah. All the other cops are terrible. 
Except for the one guy who's like secretly his like his grandma knows like everything about the occult. Oh, about the yeah. occult. Because it's yeah, his he culture. was like he was harmless. But like. oh my god, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But uh, so the girls are with the cops. They blame it on their ex uh, frat brother kind of boyfriend who does this kind of shit all the time. And this is the first time we're introduced to the fact that the house is haunted. Now I don't need, you don't need to necessarily introduce that first thing, but that's the real plot of the episode. So this whole opening bit is kind of just like a. Nothing. Like, once you find out the rest of the episode, it's pointless. Like, it was right. really just there to scare you. It was, you, re- you find out that it really was, like, his, um, her ex-boyfriend's frat brother who, like, you know, was in the clown costume. Like Yeah, we can jump ahead a little bit because quickly. that's how this really goes, is that yeah. we find out that, um, the boyfriend was trying to, he, they got, she dumped him because he was too obsessed with drinking and not serious and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. once you meet Bobby, you're like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, absolutely, I get it. And, and so his brother, his frat brother, was like, I'll do, I'll fuck with her for you. And he's like, cool, it sounds great. <laughs> so he had an alibi. It's awful. It's like, I'm like, wow, I'm like really supposed to be caring about these kids? Like, they're awful from the get-go. Mm-hmm. But, um, so he has an alibi in his, because, yeah, that wasn't him. But then his friend, like an idiot, posts a video of it on Facebook. I'm like, <laughs> First of all, who posts videos to Facebook anymore? (laughs) Right. But, like, secondly, like... It's it's not, like, 2008 anymore. I know, right? Well, I guess maybe this might have been written then, but... Anyway, so they, um... (laughs) Even then, though. And regardless, like, did he, like, tag her in the video? Why did she even involve the cops? Because she doesn't want to press charges at that point. Oh, yeah, and then her friend gets pissed off. Her friend is the only one who, like, sees the situation for what it is. Like, your friends... She's she's like, your ex-boyfriend fucking sucks. Press charges, he's garbage. Even though, like, you know, at some parts, like, she kind of was kind of, like, totally, like... In the beginning. black like best yeah. friend but i'm just like at least she has sense like at least she's like yo like let's just press charges he can just do like his like parole clean up like trash on the side of the road we, we can, can instagram she's, the like, whole she's thing. like we can instagram the whole thing which was my I loved it. kind of mention of like oh the youths <laughs> what do they like instagram <laughs> instagram and humiliation we got this script but, unlocked yeah so she, her her goal is that to press the charges, and the other friend is like, "No, I don't want it to define my college career." Yeah, which, which I get, so, which was so stupid. Like, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I guess every college is different, but she's just like, I, I understand that she was hesitant about like you know the rest of like the sort like fraternity kind of organizations being like awful to her because if she like pressed charges against their like frat brother at the same time she's like i'm a sophomore it'll define my whole college career i'm like people will probably forget about this in like a few and, months, and i do okay. i like maggie q because maggie q is really quick to respond like look we hear this all the time but guess what this shit escalates like, yeah and that's the thing like the the frat brother stuff is a mislead and it's pretty obvious mm-hmm. from the beginning because they literally bring the, the frat brothers in like the second scene in the cop's yeah. office like so you know, know instantly this, yeah. this can't be them because this is too quick or if it's them it's a huge misdirect like because it's something else but mm-hmm. anyway so like you know like something was going on with them but like honestly like even if that part of this stuff is removed from the actual stalking case that went on later on in the episode the stuff that they were doing to her and especially when he's in the bedroom later on with her yeah he deserves to have charges brought yeah, up and on didn't him he, like break into her house like didn't they mention that he broke into her house like once before well he says Um, he was this there to see her so it's unclear whether or not he did or that was blamed on him and he just knocked on the door maybe but it's definitely Mm -hmm. possible he definitely showed up in her house regardless which is not without her break up yeah and uh he's called like 20 times after well i will get to that second he he gets interviewed in a second there's a couple things he says that i'm really pissed about but like there's also like like that kind of behavior on its own is something that should be at least like 
documented hopefully they still like you know put it on his record that he had that kind of like history because if he escalates with another girl like she may not have the ability to press the charges she wants to press because you didn't press them and i'm not trying to claim like it's your responsibility to press Mm -hmm. charges on a guy it's creepy to you but it's just you gotta think about like that's usually where most people like oh i don't want to define myself by this crime that happened to me but really you're protecting yourself from it happening again in the future because you'll already have it documented that it happened and anybody else he could he could victimize because of it like that guy had creepy behavior especially the other frat brother like he grabbed her and then videotaped it and put it on facebook that guy should be like at least all like sociopaths yeah like that's like (laughs) creepy as shit like if someone does that to you you have every right to press charges and if anybody's gonna like define your career by that they're a bunch of assholes and i don't Mm -hmm. think that they should i mean you shouldn't let them dictate how you want to live your life like who cares if they don't like you like they they seem like a bunch of assholes anyway you shouldn't worry about it but so so they 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 clear the air with her she's like i'm not pressing charges um the boyfriend comes in and like he's like look i have a did break up her it sucks um but you know it was just my brother it was a joke we blame it on that but the house is haunted, so we were just trying to screw with her because we were mad that she broke up. Right, I was wondering, like, wait, where did the haunted house thing come from? I forgot he said it. Which yeah. is so stupid because this is the whole plot of the episode and it's introduced, like, ten minutes in. I'm like... Yeah. What? Like, you, you had all this lead up to not, like, all that was irrelevant. It just made you hate these kids a lot more. <laughs> which I, I appreciate, but then it was just annoying as shit. So, um, he, he says, like, your friend, your friend did it, he admits it, and he just is like, okay, fine. Um, he also, like, he's like, I did what any guy would do when he breaks up. I'm like, if any guy, like, calls you 20 times, shows up at your house unannounced, and, like, has like, his friend messages. attack you. Have it, yeah. Yeah, like, it's not every guy. And if it is every guy, yikes. Like, Jesus Christ, that's not okay. Um, <laughs> but so, they decide they're still gonna throw this party they were planning on in the beginning, because they're just like, fuck it. Which I'm like, if that all that all went down with me, I don't know that I could throw a party, but good for you guys, I guess. Yeah, I'm like, kind of I, upset. Also, as someone who's like from LA, I'm like, wait a minute, these are two college girls in sophomore year who live in this gigantic alone old, like, house alone in Los. I'm just like, there's no way they afford it. They could afford. This. I mean, like, I guess maybe the uh, haunting element might have driven the price a little down but like honestly i bet you there are people who would move into like active crime scenes for a good amount of money off of a month like Mm -hmm. you're not gonna get that much of a a deal i know it's like these girls are like 19 like they must just be rich as shit basically i guess she does kind of give off that vibe like you kind of tell that they came from money or something because they're just not they're very like you know like, a little bit, like, airy. Like, they don't really know what's happening. They don't really pay attention. They're just having a good time in college. And so party it up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's very suspicious because she doesn't even have a job, as far as you can tell. <laughs> like, they're just going to college, and they're literally, like, renting. Living in, like, a gigantic Victorian like, like, style where, house. Where would that be? How much would that cost? That'd be, like, like, two, three grand a month, right? Like, between the two of them or something. At least. That's a minimum. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm being conservative there. Yeah. I mean, because they're splitting it. So maybe it'd be like six grand if it's two grand a piece, and like maybe it's like less. It looks like it's maybe less bedrooms than it appears because of the way they're shooting it. But <laughs> still, even if it's like a two to three bedroom, it's still. still huge. I was just like, I'm like, I you know, I you know, you have to dispel you know reality for a little bit. I'm just like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> well, technically, it's three bedrooms because they got that one in the basement. <laughs> we'll get oh, to later we'll on. Get to that. <laughs> 
But yeah, so so it's definitely like a little unrealistic from the get-go. That's part of it too, is it just seems like even the party element of it. I'm like, yeah. what where is this? It's party like some like, weird like Project X like <laughs> It is. I know. The party is like spilling out into the street and people are coming and going. I'm like, I've never been to a college party that like chillax. No. I mean like I've been to frat parties. But, like, usually they have to, like, card you at the door and stuff because they're just so afraid of losing their, their stuff nowadays. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. like, most places they'll just, they'll, they'll have a big hump, like, thumping party and, like, it'll be bumping and loud, but you're gonna have somebody at the door who's, like, has a neat line of people coming in and out. Like, mm. you will get, like, you know, outdoor parties that are a little more meandering, but, like, to me it was a very, like, like, when I say, like, it's, like, all over the place, like, there's people, like, down the street wandering up to the party. I'm like, this is crazy! I'm like, these neighbors would have, like, lost their minds, and maybe it's, like, right? a frat house row or something, but, like, I can't imagine that they would not be, like, get these kids off my lawn. These kids, like, walking across neighbors' lawns to get to this party. I was so mad. But anyway, so, so they're, they start the party up, and meanwhile, um, they find out that there's somebody at the party creeping them, like, creeping on everybody. Um, I don't know where that even came into play. Oh, no, they didn't actually do the party yet. They're just, they're talking about, they're gonna continue to throw the party. This is the part, oh, this is another creepy part. This is more like the classic Williamson kind of vibe. Um, she wakes up in the middle of the night, and it's, like, pitch black, and, um, so dark that you can really barely see her until she turns the light on. Um, and then she walks downstairs, and she's like, uh, you know, Lori, is that you? Didn't check her friend's room first, just goes downstairs <laughs> in the middle of the night. I'm like, wouldn't you check her friend's, your room? If you want to know if it's Lori downstairs, check your goddamn friend's room. Otherwise, like, what are you doing? But so she goes downstairs, and, like, right as she gets to the, like, I guess you'd call it the, the middle of the stairs or the base of the stairs... The lights downstairs go out, like, someone turned them out when she got closer to them. It's super fucking creepy. There's something about, like, someone turning the lights out when you're, like, going towards them that is just super unnerving. And it immediately reads. Like, she's creeped out from the minute it happens. She's like, she's like, Lori, is that you? And then she gets really on edge. And then, of course, you hear Lori from upstairs. Being like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no! When that happened, <laughs> I, like, Lori. I legitimately, I knew that she wasn't, it wasn't her, but it was still, like... Like, when you hear her do that, you're like, oh, shit. Because then you see, like, someone um, dart for the front door, and the door's, like, left open. Again, the person doing all this, very good at, like, uh, coming and going. It's a different person mm-hmm. this time, but uh, it's, they're very, they're, everyone who's stalking on the show is, like, a, like, a, a level Quite 10 good. stalker. <laughs> yeah, like, they're, like, ninjas. Even, uh, like, the, like, you know, an inexperienced ones, they're pretty good. <laughs> right? <laughs> Right? Like, they're, like, amazing at stalking. Like, they should take this up. Oh, well, I shouldn't say professionally, no. but, but anyway, so, uh, so there, she's like, oh, God, someone's here, someone's here, call the cops, and then Lori comes down, and, like, instead of calling the cops, she, like, wanders into the living room, and it's like, oh, shit, and there's, like, this big, like, in blood, blood, like, a red paint or blood, get out thing. Now, if it wasn't blood, I get it, but if it was blood, just test the blood. Shouldn't it come back as a dude? Like, or somebody, or, like, murdered yeah, I, we, well... Well, Maybe it's pink oh, blood, I guess. Now this, now this, now I have, a, I have a question then. Because, I mean, I guess it gets into the next part of the episode in which, um, you know, they're like, oh, trying to, you know, investigate to find out, like, you know, who, who could have done this. They think that might have been, like, the ex-boyfriend again, but, like, they right. had an alibi. Exactly. But then they end up figuring out, they're like, oh, who used to live in this house? Let's, like, investigate deeper. And they found out that one of the professors from the college used to live there and he's a professor in like occult studies or something like who, thing. who casually and just kind of like briefly mentioned was um 
had some sort of incident with um, her encounter in which, in which he um, stabbed her, right? In which he stabbed a student who apparently consented to the stabbing. What the fuck like, was that? Cleansing? I don't know. It was. It got really weird. And then, like you know, when actually I got a little, I got a little worried because you know they were talking about like occult stuff, but they was talking about kind of from like um, as far as I recall, like from like like Latino cultures and stuff like that. I'm like, oh god, is this going to be like a stereotypical like you know kind of like voodoo kind of situation yeah no it's just this like geeky looking white dude who like happens to have like a huge interest in like in like what was that it was so okay so we should get it's so amazing it's like so terribly stupid so bad so so basically like when they figure out what's going on they're like oh because they go downstairs to research the house a little more they also find a bunch of like creepy shit in the wall like in Mm -hmm. this bottle so it's like somebody made like a little like um like a little trinket voodoo kind of trinket thing, thing to yeah. save like to be safe or something which I'm like first of all the other dude's living there how did he not see that before and how did he not take it but I guess he hadn't moved the, the table or whatever so regardless like he they're, they're like oh shit someone's like doing this this uh voodoo stuff we gotta figure out more about it uh the one latin dude on the show is like oh, I, I don't worry about it I'm latin I know all about this because like, I'm latin I know all about like witchcraft and like, like, <laughs> like and of like course that. you do show like, yeah it's like okay like, I know good god I'm not trying to claim, like, you would necessarily know your roots a little bit, but, like, he's throwing out words, like, oh, yeah, like, my grandmom's, a, like, a witch. Like, oh, yeah, like, it's a thing. I'm like, wait, what? Like, how has this never come up on this show before? Maybe it's it has. casual. But, like, just... who just, like, announces, like, casually, like, yeah, my grandma's a witch? I don't know. Like, like, my I know, God. I, like, I know a thing or two about this. I mean, it was, like, it was like, interesting for a second, but then, like, as soon as it, like, we realized that, like, the guy who actually was doing this was just like this, like was super white. Like, Whereas like, like wayfarers, like ridiculous, like it's so insane, and like it's it to me. I'm like the the, the fucking like Marnie from like Halloween Town was more chill about her ground being a witch than this guy. <laughs> like he was like literally like interrupting sentences. Like oh no, this is what this was. He explains exactly what it was. Like he knows what the thing was. I'm, yeah, like, he knew a lot. I'm like who knows what man. like a glass bottle full of like hair and like nails is on site. Like you should have to Google that. Okay. <laughs> Like, if you know that much about witchcraft, what are you doing as a cop in the stalking unit? Like, this is, you should be a witch you or something. In, yeah, I mean, it was, like, I mean, it was one of those moments where, like, for a second you like, oh, I learned something new, but then it, like, oh, let's, like, have this, like, kind of, almost kind of interesting plotline just get really stupid. Really yeah, quickly. because, okay, so they do all this stuff, and then they, they go off to research it a little more, because they find out that the professor is the occult studies person. And, first of all, they also introduce the fact that they've known this is a haunted house before but they kind of find like from the internet like the story of how it was haunted so the rumor is that the guy killed himself after or, and his wife after the ha- he had an affair and she well there's a couple versions of it this is what probably is so confusing it's because it's kind of I guess kind of realistic because there's like a three or four different oral histories of the house but mm-hmm. it basically it's um guy kills himself wife kills herself either because of him having an affair or he kills her or whatever. Yeah, no, I think it was, like, kids, okay, so, too. Like, I think, yeah, one of them was, like, something, like, um, like, he, like, the man who lived there had an affair with a student from the college. Right. The wife killed herself, and then he killed himself. But the other one was, like, there was, like, a murder-suicide or something. I don't know. Was, you like, don't need to introduce, like, three versions of that, because even though it's realistic that there are three versions just of that, confusing. it's confusing in the end, because I'm like, wait, which one was the real one? And it turns out the real one we find out later on was that he just killed himself and then, or no, he killed her and then he was, or she killed, oh, actually, I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> well, I, I don't, think that she, I think she the story herself? was that she she killed herself and he, like, lost it. Yeah. But or, that, or he might have killed her. 
there. Uh, it's confusing. So, regard and he gets committed, but that's not until it's not revealed until later. So, spoiler alert for that. But uh, so he um, he uh, having figured out that the house is haunted pretty seriously, at least it's claimed to be. They decide to research this professor because they think maybe he knows more about it if he was living there for a few years. Um, so they go into his house. This is where it was like you know the guy's like my grandma was a witch. No big deal. And then, um, like, as they're walking to, like, this guy's house to research him, he's like, so, like, what's, like, you see so your grandma's a witch? Like, what's that about? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's, like, part of my culture. You know how it is, like, positive energy. I'm like, Jesus Christ, the show is, like, like, every possible, like, stereotype is just, like, it's part of my culture. It, you wouldn't understand it. It's about positive energy. It's not, like, when people say a cult, they mean it like it's a bad thing. It's just our culture. And it's, like... I get it, like, because that, that is not not untrue, but, like, mm-hmm. they're making it, it's so clearly written by a white guy, I'm like, it's Yeah, no, so, it's, it's very, like, this like, is my culture. my culture, learn it, like, I respect it, and it's like, yes, obviously you should, but it just felt really, like, heavy-handed, and, like, yeah, another, like, like, heavy-handed moment of, like, oh, I'm going to teach, like, I'm, I, like, the Latino character will teach this, like, white man what my culture is, I'm just Which like, is oh, my so God. ironic, because then they run into the white guy that's the <laughs> yeah, professor like, in it, so Appropriating. <laughs> It's insanity. So when they meet this professor guy, it's so crazy. So he is, oh my god, the professor is, I, I feel like I've seen him in other things. I should probably look him up. I think he's probably been in Probably typecasted as, like, creepy, like, white dude. Yeah, creepy white dude. Um, he is super, like, um, uh, like, standard professor kind of vibe where he is, like, kind of just, like, schooly and, and churlish and, like, very... Like, um, like, I'm only, uh, well, first of all, we don't even meet him at first, I should say. We, we only kind of, like, um, his name is Louis Atwood, for first of all. His, it's Kevin Christie who's playing him, so he's been, um, he's more famous, for, I think, for anything, for Masters of Sex. He was Lester in Masters of Sex. Um, and he was on The New Normal more recently, and he's been in a bunch of random stuff, but, so anyway, so he's somebody who's, like, been around, oh, you know why I know him from? He played Franklin on Happy Endings, that's what it was. Mm. Um, but so he's been in a couple different things, and you probably recognize him, but, um, so, oh, he was on Quarter Life, too. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> without going into too many digressions, um, he, he is, like, the, um, uh, I guess you'd call, like, person who's gonna, like, now try and save the day in his mind, which is, like, creepy and weird. Um, because he, he, they're in his house, well, we should, we, we should, I skipped over, sorry. So they go to his house, and, um, Dylan McDermott, being the terrible cop that he is, well, first of all, he went with this other, this Latino cop, because I, he apparently, like, had hard feelings with him, and he was trying to, like, mend a bridge. Oh, yeah, he was trying to, like, get on his good side again, but, like, got off to, like, a rocky start or something. It's confusing, because at first you think he's doing that because he doesn't want to hang out with the girl he slept with, which I get. But then he's also, because he says, like, can I hang out with this guy because I want to try and make it better. He says to the, the, the chief, which is, I think, Maggie Q. And she's like, sure, mm-hmm. go ahead. And then um, when he goes out she's and She's like, good luck. Him, which good was, luck. like, some shade. I know, right? <laughs> and then when they actually go out, he doesn't do anything to really try and mend the bridge. I'm like, what? what wait, what? <laughs> no. I'm like, you were just lying, right? So he basically was, I think, just lying because he didn't want to hang out with the girl he slept with. But regardless, he just is like, oh, he asked him a couple questions, I guess, that maybe he considers, like, to be, you know, amicable. And then, um, when they go to the house, he's like, oh, we gotta go inside. He's like, because no one's home. There's bones, like, hanging from the door. And again, like, at this point, we don't know what the professor looks like, so you're picturing, like, this old Latino professor or something, and there's, like, bones hanging from the door, and, like, it's, it's very, like, eerie. The, the house is kind of, like, empty and abandoned. Not, like, in bad condition, but, like, it's a little creepy. And so they're like, oh, we can't go in. He's not home. And then Dylan McDermott's like, oh, well, did you hear that? And then the guy's like, what? He's like, did you hear that? 
it's probable cause. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. He literally just, like, broke into the house. <laughs> the back door was open. But it's, like, to me, I'm like, Jesus, like, this show didn't even bother, like, hiding the fact that that was, like, super un... Like, and the Latino guy looked at him like, Jesus Christ, like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't he say something? Like, speak up, cops. This is how, like, systemic, like, corruption begins. Like, I fucking hate people like Tommy Dermott. <laughs> Because he's mm-hmm. the hero of the show, I'd imagine, and he's, like, doing terrible stuff. We're supposed stuff. to, like, admire, like, his, like, weirdness. <laughs> and, like, look, I, again, I don't want to go back to elementary because that's just, like, a random show, and there's plenty of others that, I mean, geez, we mentioned SVU as well, there's probably been plenty of, like, creepy shit that's gone down with the cops on that show. God knows Elliot Stabler doesn't know how to police the right way <laughs> in his whole career. But, like, like, breaking into places in order to research or, or investigate is not unheard of. But, like, let's acknowledge the fact that they're making a decision to do this and it's a moral gray area. Instead, they're kind of making it, like, the right thing to do and it's really creepy. Like, they never, Mm -hmm. they don't give you the kind of stakes that are really there um, where they should be because that's not the right thing to do. You shouldn't be breaking into somebody's house, even if he is a creep and has, like, random stuff. Well, I don't know that makes him a creep. He just, the one guy, like, the Latina guy is like, it's totally my culture. But apparently, I guess he was wrong in this case because it's some white guy's (laughs) culture. Um, but so, so he, he, they go into the house and they're barely in there a minute before they find like files on the girls and there's like skulls everywhere. It's real creepy. There's a bird being drained of blood over the sink. Which I was going to mention because maybe, was that the, what, was that the blood that the guy oh, used? no. I think. No, because it wasn't yeah. him that did the blood. What? It wasn't him that did the blood though. I think so because he said he was trying to warn the girls to oh, get out of the really? house. I think oh. he broke in. But I'm even more confused then because <laughs> was it him the first night when they came down the stairs in the dark? Oh, I think it was him when he did that. I think that was him who did that. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, I think that like we were so we saw it was blood on the wall. And then we saw that it was blood, like, dripping in the thing. I think that that was, like, our, like... I think we were supposed to be hinted, like, oh, Holy maybe shit. He, he... I mean, you're, I absolutely agree with you now that you say that. But, I didn't but then it makes the episode even more confusing. It really <laughs> is, because that he's not the guy, and he actually... So he basically was, like, like playing tag team with the actual creep to creep them <laughs> out. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. Like, he's lucky he didn't run into the creep while he was doing it. And they're like, oh, you're right. doing that too? Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you do it tonight, I'm fine. I'll just go downstairs and, like, cry about my wife. Um, but so, like, he he has this, this bird draining of blood over his sink, which is, like, super creepy because there's just blood splatter all over the sink and the poor bird's dead as hell. And they're just like, uh-oh, like, shit's going down. And then the, the Latina guy is, like, po- opens the refrigerator there's, like, all his, like, dead animal bodies and stuff in there because voodoo. Um, and then, or whatever, I, I feel bad, they said the name of it, I'm not sure what exactly it was, it was, like, they, they kept mentioning the name for witch, which is not the same thing, but, like, Bruja, right? Mm-hmm, but, like, yeah. I don't, it was just some kind of, I think, it wasn't Santeria, but it was something close to that, like, Blaria or something? I couldn't remember the name of it. And it was just, they said it really quickly once, and then it just became my culture the rest of the time, which I felt really bad about, but that was how they, they played it. Um, but it was something like Santeria. And so they have all these random, like, bo- like heads and bodies and parts in, in the refrigerator. And he's like, oh, shit. And as they're, like, walking back into the other room, this guy, like, comes flying out of nowhere. I didn't, like, I don't know how they didn't hear him coming. Those are terrible cops. Like, they should have searched the house before they start looking for stuff. But instead, he just, like, like just, like, bombards them, starts attacking the Latino guy, which doesn't seem much, like, I'm sorry. That guy was a little short, but he was way more ripped than Dylan McDermott. So, like, how did he have that hard a time, like, getting this guy off of him? I'm not sure. Especially when you get a good look at the professor. You're like, what the fuck? 
He could mm-hmm. murder this professor. The professor's like a tiny little guy. So Dylan McDermott, of course, secretly knows like jujitsu or something. Because like he fights in the weirdest way in the show. Because he fights this time and then once later on. Like he fights like like he's Neo in the Matrix. Okay, like it's a specific kind of fighting style where it's like mm-hmm. it, it's not that he doesn't know how to probably fist fight. It's that he chooses to fight in this like weird like martial arts style. So, like, he's doing the martial art thing while the person who's attacking him is always trying to, like, just punch him. So it's just, like, really, really, like, <laughs> disconjointed. Like, it looks like... Some- it's just bizarre. It's like someone's trying to play chess and they're, like, I don't know, like, um, uh, making a sandwich at the same time right in front of you. Like, it's so confusing. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, well, are you, like, paying attention? But he- he's good at it. Like, he, get- he definitely gets the guy off of the other one. And, like, takes them to the ground. But it's more just, like, a really weird style of fighting. Because it just seems way too advanced. And, like, it makes him look like a total asshole. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, good for you that you know jujitsu or whatever he was trying to do. If it was, like, taekwondo or something. But, like, like when you practice that, when the other person's just trying to punch you, you really look like a dick. Which I guess is okay because you're still winning the fight. But it's just... It looked ridiculous, okay? It did look a little out of place. Like, he was punching him, and he was, like, smacking his hands down with, like, one hand apiece, and he's like, bum, bum, bum. It was just so stupid. But so anyway, so he, he attacks the guy down, gets him down, and then they go take him in for questioning, which, of course, then he's just like, look, I was doing it to protect them. I guess he did do the blood on the wall, which is crazy, but he just admits, like, look, I used to live there. I know it's haunted firsthand. It was awful. Um, and, you know... At first, he doesn't want. He he's mad at them. He's he's claiming he thought it was a home invasion, which he's not wrong for because they did not announce themselves. Even yeah, as cops. Like honestly, even if you did like claim to hear probable cause, why would you not announce yourselves once you walked <laughs> in the house? Like that's an easy like you know. I can't. I'm in here now. I can at least look around. But they were just being terrible cops. So he thought it was a home invasion. That's why he attacked them. Um, and he claims he's trying to protect them. And then, this is, like, the interim where, as as he's being questioned, Elizabeth Rome um, comes over and gets some McDermott, and she's like, uh, by the way, I'm gonna take your badge for what you did in New York. And you're like, what? So, something he did in New York was really shady. I don't know what it was. Guess we'd find out if we kept watching this not great show. <laughs> is that maybe, okay, so we don't know what he did in the beginning, maybe? I don't, maybe. I mean, it's not, not it's just alluded to here, but nothing really specific, but, um... I guess the only thing I learned from that scene was that, like, that's his, uh, he and that woman have a a baby together, (laughs) or had a baby together. Yeah, so here, I'm gonna read off the the pile episode, and I'll read off the the finale, so this is spoilers, I guess, for the show, if you really care about that, which is insanity. Um, (laughs) So, Detective Jack Larson, who's, that is McDermott, um, is relocating from New York, arrives his first on the job with Lieutenant Beth Davis and the elite TAU team in Los Angeles. The team tackles cases of a stalker. Blah, blah, setting his victims on, fu- on fire. A college student, again, always college, is charged with assault, but later says he was defending himself from harassment by Perry, a former roommate who he had thrown out, which is the Perry we end up, you know, seeing later on in the episode. Um, the 4chan a, guy? The 4chan guy, yeah. Um, and elsewhere, Jack himself spies on the mother and her child, later revealed to be his ex-girlfriend, Deputy DA Amanda Taylor, and their son, Ethan Taylor. Um, in the end, Perry follows Beth home. So, Perry's creeping on Beth, which we already knew. But um, we also know that Jack has an affinity for being a stalker himself, so maybe the vibe is supposed to be, like, he's an expert stalker because he is one. Like, it's super stupid, mm-hmm. but that might be it. Like, that's how creepy this show could be. Um, and then, I don't know if they ever actually reveal what exactly happened in New York. I, I mean, I can, I'm can i scrolling through. It's not in the finale. 
So I'll ask Latoya maybe later on if we can. I I've never, I've never gotten any kind of vibe from this episode that it was anything besides just him being a bad cop. But maybe he killed someone or something like in the line of duty, and it was turns out he like he hmm. used excessive force or something, and she knows about it or he like crossed the line. She does imply that it was something like he did that was a betrayal of the badge or something because she's like that's why I'll take your badge for it. right. So or maybe she's saying it because he was stalking her and she found out that could be possibly it as well. But she says in New York, and I think he stalked her in L.A. So I don't really know, but regardless. He's really a, clearly a very swell guy. <laughs> um, uh, so, so, so she interrupts the, the the interrogation to tell him that because she knows that he because she's like, look, the guy's claiming you didn't even announce yourself, and he's like, yeah, whatever, I didn't. She's like, great, you suck. Like I like that she at least calls it like she sees it. Um, and then of course, all this going on, the girls still have that party. I'm like, Jesus, yeah. they are brazen. I'm like, I, I mean. I'd on the one like, hand, you know good for you, Let me just but... go to another party and not have one here. Just, just wait a like, week or just... two, you know, like, until the guy's, mm-hmm. like, in jail. But he gets let out on bail. Of course, like, the, the cops, like, somehow find that out, like, after he's already at home and, like, in a costume. Like, why would you not have somebody follow him from the station home? Like, you can't, like, put a detail on him or something, but he just, like, walks out bail-free. She's like, by the way, Dylan McDermott... He got out! And they're like, ah! <laughs> and so, um, he goes running off. Well, first he's stalking, mildly stalking his, uh, son and, and wife. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, wait. This wrong. part, though. Um, so he's stalking the D, uh, the DA woman Rome, and, Rome, like, yeah. her son, who is also his son. And then I guess the woman gets a call on her phone and just completely ignore, ignores the fact that her son wandered off. It was, in the no, dark. not only that, Ashley. She, oh, like, she, she pulls her phone. Okay, so they're trick-or-treating, we should say. The kid is, like, going house to house. They're, they're going to the next house. She gets a phone call. The kid is like, like, mom, mom, and she literally shoes him to go to the house. Like, shoes him. With, like, I'm doing the physical thing. Her hand shoes the shoe, like the wave of the hand. Like, go on, get out of here. <laughs> like, go to that cows. Like, what a horrible mom. Like, why like, do we that need that scene? Get snatched. Like, <laughs> and he kind of does almost. Like, the I kid mean, goes. He could one have. Way. Like, so basically, he goes off and like these random like bullies, these like kids. children, come up and try to steal his garbage, Halloween candy. Garbage, garbage children. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then um, then Dylan McDermott's like, "Hey, get out of here! I'll call the cops." <laughs> I am and, the police. But yeah. he shows up and he like threatens. He's like. I mean, look, they were bullying the kid. They yeah, they were getting yelled he's at. He's like 11 year old children. I, I get that they deserved like to be called yeah, out on it, but, but it, it was like, like super threatening for like a 45 year old man to be like, I'm gonna call the cops on you kids. And they're like, <laughs> like a bunch of 10 and 11 year olds. They look like they're about to get killed. And they're like, right. uh. And I, honestly, you don't know what this Dylan McDermott did in New York that got his badge and was taken Maybe. away. I was real creeped out. I'm like, is he gonna punch this kid? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> If anyone could pull Drop off a character like that, it'd be Dylan McDermott, okay? Like, especially in this scene. Like, he looks like he's ready to murder them. And then he, like, okay, creepy. I don't even know if I saw it in the scene itself, because I was so, like, amazed by what was going on. Apparently, he steals, like, a, a Swedish fish from him. I don't, I didn't see it happen, but he does. Which is even creepier. Like, I don't want you stealing candy from your kid. Like, that's super creepy. But so then he goes back to, like, the shadows, like, Homer Simpson style, just goes back into the bushes. Like, I... When I, we say that he's literally stalking them, he's literally in a bush. Like, when you... I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have a picture of it. He is behind a bush, like I said, Homer Simpson style, in the bush itself, like, eyes poking out, like, staring at them walking down the street. It is fucking creepy as hell. Like, I don't believe that, like, 
No one, all that street, everyone's on the opposite side of the street. There's no people walking down the same side who's like, Mommy, there's some guy in the bush yeah, right there. Yeah, some dude in the bushes lurking and, like, talking to this child. He's like, not stra- subtle. Also, the kid should have had some, like, stranger danger, like. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, I mean, even though the man is technically his father, he doesn't know that. Well, so, what like... kind of father, like, walks with his son in a bush? Like, it's, <laughs> like, it's so fucking creepy. But yeah, it's really, really weird. And, but then, like, yeah. but yeah, then he gets the call, like, oh, the. The guy's that on bail. Like, the lame white guy who, like drain the blood out of some animal is gone. Um, and then they're like, oh, let's rush to the house. And then all, like, and then everything stupid happens. Yeah, this is where the episode kind of wraps up. So it's, again, honestly, it's a very quick episode, all things considered, because there's really only one major plot besides the, the creepiness with his kids. Um, but, like, so much stupidity happens at this party that it just like, goes on forever. Um, so they get back to the house. They like the party is going on. The the we we see earlier on before he even gets the call, the professor like pulls down a mask and he's like going to the party himself. I guess you mm-hmm. can claim we already know he's not in on it, but even right. then you're kind of like you're like what's he doing? But, like <laughs> I was like, is he in on it? Like is this a misdirect? Because he is going to the party. So, like maybe he's a crazy person. Maybe that's the guy that killed out the wife and then killed himself and all that stuff. But then, as it's happening, we do find out later on more about that actual, like, the real story. So, we, we don't get that until we get to the house, though. Um, so, they get to the house. They're looking for the one girl. She's, like, nowhere to be found. I'm like, look, girl, if your friend has been, like, stalked and, like, harassed and there's people you showing up to your house at, at night, I guess you could claim they thought the guy was in custody. But, like, I'm sorry. Who's going to have a party when, like, the people stalking you are still at loose? Like, even if they're not, like, on the streets when you first decide to have it. The fact that they could get on the streets, I would ask before I have a party, like, that big and that, that like, unwieldy. Like, you have to check with someone beforehand. Like, Jesus. So, because it's, like, an open house. Like, that's why I'm saying it's really creepy to have, like, everybody coming and going when you have, like, people literally stalking and entering un- unannounced at night, in the middle of the night, uh, in the right. dark and being creepy and putting blood on your walls. But so, um, so anyway, so they're having this party. The cops show up. They're like, look, we're looking for your other friend, the one that's being stalked. Um... It is also really creepy to me that they're, like, obsessed with the one girl. I'm like, so this poor black girl, like, what, is she, like, not cool enough they're for like, you? They're like, oh, she's fine. Like, they're obsessed with this one, I guess maybe she looks sort of like her, the wife, maybe, is what you're trying to get at? But they never make that connection. Because they do show pictures of the wife, and she is, like, that, like, kind of, like, She does kind of look like her. White girl. But, like, you never, you should really kind of clarify that so it's not so, like, overtly ridiculous that it's like, oh, this, like, chase the white girl, he's obsessed with her. Um, and so, they, they, um, they're, they're hunting down the party. The party's so full of people, and again, they don't even, like, break up the party. They should really just break up the party at this point. Yeah. Like, the, co- the guy is literally on the loose. He, they go to the party, they're like, where's your friend? And she's like, I don't know, she's here. I'm like, well, first of all, you don't know where she is, which is crazy, but secondly, tell him, tell her right now, the guy that you think did it is on the loose. Break this party the fuck up. And she'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Everyone would say, they turn the lights on, they say, get the hell out. Like, come on. And instead they let it keep going on. They go looking through the house for it. For her, I mean. Um, and so, um, uh, they're, they find out, that, well, you don't find out, but it, while they get there, the, the professor is in the basement doing his, like, um, um, enchanting stuff, trying to, I guess, help them out still. Um, and then, uh, the Perry guy is also there, which, we, again, you don't know much about him, this is 4chan, um, right. he's dressed up as, like, an old man, which I'm like, of course you are, and, um, he's, like, kind of creeping out on, the uh, on Maggie Q, and now, I don't even know, I think it's Beth, isn't her name, maybe, Beth? Um, yeah. On the show? So she's, like, um, she's walking, you know, down the hallway, and there's this guy, like, sort of following her a little bit, 
And this is, like, classic, like, Maggie Q, because this is a scene where, like, any other cop would just be kind of boring, and then she'd just remember, like, what are you doing? Maggie Q makes it interesting, because, I mean, I'm sure it was probably, like, a telegraphed, like, yeah, you know, scene, but, like, she, she, like, lets him follow her enough, and then, like, fucking, like, like, again, also, like, Almost jiu-jitsu. karate chops Yeah, jujitsu <laughs> through a wall, basically, it's crazy. And then, um, you're like, whoa, and he's like, whoa, it's just me, Perry. And he's like, what are you doing here, Perry? So Perry, I think, is, like, the, the ongoing, like, threat to the show, I'm imagining. Yeah. Which is, like, how threatening can, like, a, a college student that looks like that be? But I guess he is. I don't know. But so, she's like, and then he says, um, um, it's good to see you as well. But he doesn't actually say as well. He says, it's good to see you, Michelle. Because he found out from that 4chan, um, stalker dude <laughs> that, um. That her name was, her real name was Bitcoins. Michelle. Yeah, it's Michelle, well, it Michelle Jones or something? Or Michelle something? Mm-hmm. And. I guess, like, she changed her name because of this this uh, thing we find out Traumatic later. Traumatic incident that like, probably happened I guess he's past. just stalking her, I guess, right? That's yeah. That's basically what it is. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, so he, he, like, says, you know, it's good to see you, Michelle. And she's like, what did you just say to me? And he's like, it's good to see you as well. What did you think I said? And it's, like, so, like, uh, It's so like, I know what they're- like- Going slippery for. and gross. I know what they're going. They're going for the Skeetal Rich vibe, where it's like at first he seems like this innocent, harmless like guy, and then you're like, oh my god, he's like a sociopath. But like, mm-hmm. it doesn't really come across that way. Like, it comes across more like you're clearly a sociopath. I mean, maybe it's just because I've seen so many Kevin Williamson things, and I've seen so many like you know uh, slasher films in general, or, like teen slasher films. It just seems so obvious, and she kind of reads him his rights right from the get go. Like, she knows he's fucking with her, and she kind of doesn't right. have time for it. And she says, like, and it's like, it's good to see you. And she's like, I'm a cop. It's never supposed to be good to see good. me. Which I'm just like, oh, okay. okay. I'm like, <laughs> that's a little bit uh, presu- presumptuous, but okay. Um, but I think so, the, um, then, like, meanwhile, while all this, oh. like, dialogue is happening, the, like, um, professor is, like, trying to cleanse the house because that's what he wanted to do. Cleanse the haunted house and, like, you know, get rid of, like, the ghost that he thinks is there. So he goes mm-hmm. to the basement. Because uh, we should say and- we kind of breezed over. We we did breeze over earlier. He um he woke up once in the middle of the night and saw a presence at the at the bottom of the stairs, and he's convinced it's haunted. Like we said, he know he thinks it's haunted, but like he literally saw something yeah. in the house when he was living there. That's why he knows it's haunted, or he's so sure of it. And no, I don't know if he was a professor of occult studies before or after, so it might have been that might have played a role. But uh yeah, so, so <laughs> anyway, so he's he's down there cleansing it trying to cleanse it but then while he's like mid cleanse of like i don't know putting out some like powder and like i don't know try to probably just you know cle- whatever cleansing the house consists of um yeah, he, draws the, a circle and then he suddenly gets out. like strangled from behind and you're like oh no <laughs> what happened it's not him. Did this? that's the point where i'm like i guess it's not him like i didn't even know <laughs> until that point it's yeah, so like, vague. Oh, wait, there's another guy, I guess, involved Because here. also, and then, like, they throw another red herring. It's like, it's like literally, like, I feel like a seal. This whole episode, it makes you feel like a seal. Because they're just throwing, like, red herring after red herring. Like, it is, like, the, the then they cut to the bedroom where it, it, well, no, not even that. Like, this is how ridiculous it is. I literally mean, like, seal. It's like a red herring a minute. So there's the, the dude in the basement. He's crossed off the list. It's not Perry. He's crossed off the list. And then there's this, the friend that scared her at the store is up, passed out in the hallway as, like, a creepy, like, again, like, a creepy mask on. And she, like, she's, like, hello. Because, um, Annie is upstairs, of course, constantly, like, pious Annie is, like, um, oh, you're not supposed to be upstairs, everyone. No one used the bathrooms. Like, first of all, you gotta rope that shit down. No one's gonna just, like, take your word for it. Like, are you crazy? And then she's, like, she implies, like, oh, some people are having sex. <laughs> like, like, she's so, like, 
you know, like, oh, my druthers. But so she, she kicks the guy on the ground, like, hello, because it looks like a guy's passed out. She's like, you're not supposed to pass out here. I'm like, so she, he should pass out downstairs. I'm like, maybe you just don't have people pass out your house at all. But uh, right. so she, she like, nudges him with her foot, and she's like, hello, hello. And you think, um, I always thought for a second, like, oh, my God, is he dead? But then he jumps up yeah. and, like, scares her. And it's clear from the get-go that once that happens, it's like, okay, that's not the, that's not the style of the actual creep. He's more, like, scary, scary. Um, this guy mm-hmm. just, like, jumps up and says boo, essentially. And he's like, it's just me. I mean, I'm the friend of Bobby's who scared you the other day. I'm just trying <laughs> to make amends. I'm like, are you crazy? Is this, like, for real? And she's like, get the fuck out of here, basically. And I'm like, I appreciate it. At least she called him Right. Out. And so he, like, then, leaves. Yeah. Okay. And then she, like, goes, uh, like, so, like, then she goes to the bedroom or whatever. Well, I don't know it. why. She just wanted a piece. Like, yeah, and then she not that Bobby, the cops are there yet? ex-boyfriend's like, there. Oh, God. Okay, so, yeah, she goes for some piece in the bedroom. The cops still haven't found her, even the party. Like, look, we were saying before, it's a big house. It's not that big. Like, the cops <laughs> can find her eventually. She goes up the stairs. They should be looking for the stairs, like, every once in a while when they're doing their, like, little search. So she mm-hmm. goes upstairs, she's alone in the room, she turns on the light, and boom, there's a dude standing there, like, right next to- the- That is, like, again, a classic Kevin Williamson scare, where he's, like, standing right next to the bedroom light as she turns it on, and she, like, shrieks, and then it's, like, and then for a second, it's you're like, her. oh my god, is it gonna kill her? And it's just Bobby. It's Bobby fucking with her again. I'm like, <laughs> just great. Just being like, I wanna get back together, I'm sorry, and she's just like, uh, no. <laughs> and at first, she's like- I mean, I'm way more amicable than she needs to be. She's just like, I get it, Bobby, I'm sorry, but I don't want to be with you. And he's like, oh, alright. And then, uh, like, proceeds, he's drunk, so he proceeds to, like, like, hug her too much Mm -hmm. and, like, be really creepy. And it's not okay. Like, it's it's upsetting. And Mm -hmm. so she, she's like, Bobby, you need to get out of here. And he's like, alright, I will, I'm sorry. Uh, and he's like, wait a second, though, I need to puke. So he goes in the bathroom to puke. And then it's revealed now that the guy who, uh, the the big, like, oral history of the house that the guy committed suicide after he killed his wife or she killed herself, actually, he was just institutionalized. We find out that that's wrong. Like, it cuts to, like, the, like, detectives who were like, oh, wait Getting a minute, call, this is the real, real history of the house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's it turns out that he was institutionalized for several years, came out having lost the house, his bank account, all of his money, his wife, I guess maybe not a kid, but it's implied like he lost everything, essentially. And he's devastated by it, and they're like, well, clearly this is the guy. Like, how did that not come out like the first time you were doing your research? Like, how did that not, how was that not like the second thing you found out? Like, what was different now between like, it just made me really Like, and why did it take so long to find out, like, basic, like, homeowner's information? (laughs) Like, And, like, why are they getting this information at, like, 1030 at night? Like, I don't understand it at all. But, uh, or I guess it's probably closer to, like, 12 or 1230 or something. But the kid was trick-or-treating, so I could have had it early. But, um, so anyway, so they're, they're like, oh shit, like, uh, it's clearly this guy, and then now we know who's doing all this stuff. So, um, Bobby's in there puking, but he's, like, making weird noises, and, and, and Annie, I think it's Annie, is like, oh, Bobby, what, are you okay? And then, um, the She has, like, a big thump. Yeah, the <laughs> door she's opens. Like, uh. She's like, oh, Bobby. And then, like, the door opens a little more, and you see Bobby passed out, and the, the creepy guy is taking his outfit. I'm like, well, good for him that he happens to be the exact same size as Bobby. That worked out. <laughs> But, like, secondly, like, how did he get in that costume that quickly? I, I have so many questions. And is Bobby naked on the floor? Because I don't think he is. <laughs> you know. I, have so, I have so many questions. And it's they're, they're completely unanswered. And so, so he comes come flying out the bathroom in this outfit now. Um, and also, at this point, do you really need the costume? Everyone's got to realize no. what you are. I guess at the time, he doesn't know everybody knows, but 
he's clearly unstable, so why is he even bothering with the costume in the first place? Um, so she, he attacks her, he grabs her, and runs downstairs. And no Bobby's one's- just like, on the floor, you think he's dead? No, I have- Yeah, Bobby, you think he's passed down on the floor. And I was, I was where I was like, oh, he's dead. He's not dead. Um, but I, I'm confused here, because did he run through the party with her on, like, his shoulder or something? Because <laughs> I was did no one see too. her, like- Did no one see like, him, like, take her to the basement? <laughs> I mean, it's an old Victorian house, so maybe there's, like, supposed to be another way to go there, but they never tell you about, like, like secret shoot. passages. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Or, like, he could take a window or something, but don't do that right. either. And so- the cops find Bobby. The cops, even though the cops, once they find out it's him and find out where, they, they go to the bedroom instantly, like, they're they're not there. So, like, where did this guy go with her that he could find? Like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense because there's only really one exit. Like, it's an old house. You have to go down that main stairwell. So, did he leave just before they ran upstairs? Like, did they somehow mix him? Like, or did they, like, cross paths as he was running down the stairs? I have, so, it's just so confusing. So, regardless, he goes downstairs, puts her in an air vent. And they, they go running around down the basement looking for stuff. Um, and, um, well, first the cops question Bobby before any of this even happens. Because they're like, where is he? Uh, and Bobby's like, oh, it's, um, I got a good look at him. And I'm like, I love this too because it's such, like, a classic procedural show on, uh, on, I guess it's... They CBS show, like, or... two different pictures. <laughs> okay, this is so close. She's like, oh, the cops question him. They're like, who took her? He's like, I don't know. I did get a look at him now. And like, was it him? And they show the picture of the professor. And they're like, no. And they show another professor, another picture of the actual guy, the the, the murderer dude, and he's, he's like, like, yeah, yeah that's definitely him. him. It looked, they looked exactly the same. I'm like, how did he know so different? Like, I'm like, I'm sorry, the whole like, you know, white people look alike, but I'm sorry, he, they, they looked like, so they did look close. exactly alike. It was so, it was so hilarious. They had the same kind of goatee. I'm like, you should at least like act like you're like maybe that was him. Like he was like definitely him, not him. I'm like, this is so <laughs> stupid. And so they're like, oh shit, it's definitely him. We gotta find him. He's probably still in the house. So they go running through the house. They go to the basement. I think the party is somehow still going on, which I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It might they have been find, like just at this time. They like didn't they like they find the professor in like some. They find dead professor somewhere in the basement. Well, they decide to look in the basement because I don't even know. They just they have a vibe, I guess. So <laughs> it's maybe the last place they haven't looked. And then they're looking around, and Donald McDermott, I mean, expert uh, carpenter, uh, is like, okay, this wall's all stone, this wall's all stone, this wall's all stone. This, this one's is drywall. <laughs> and so instead of, like, looking for an entrance to it, like a, like a human being would, he just takes an axe to it. Like, let's think about this. I mean, okay, fine, I buy that he takes an axe to it the first time to see if there's something there, but right, once but he, he sees a room- at it. Once he sees the room, and we know this guy is, like, transporting bodies to and fro, you should know there's probably some way to get in there without having to tear down the wall. But I guess he doesn't want to waste time to find it. Um, and so he goes into the room, and of course, uh, the, the the professor's dead body is right there. And then in the air vent in the room is Beth, or not Beth, sorry, is, um, uh, the, what's her name, Annie, Annie girl. She's, like, passed out, not dead yet. Um, I think the professor's dead. I think that's kind of yeah, what Yeah, the professor's dead. Um, and she's, she's like, rushed to the, the, the... She, oh, no. So they're there, and Beth is like, I'm gonna go get the EMS. You wait here. Which I'm like, great idea. This is a great idea, guys. Great idea. So instead of, like, like waiting there together, she goes Splitting off to get up. the EMS. Like, why would you do that? You don't need to go upstairs to call the EMS. You have a cell phone, lady. Like, I don't get it. I guess they're already there, so she's just gonna... But you could call somebody and then have... She must have Bobby's cell phone. Just, like, call Bobby and have Bobby tell them. Like, 
Like, come on! Like, it was just so infuriating. And so, she goes running upstairs to grab the EMS. Like, they know that the guy must still be in the house, because she's in the air vent, still warm. Like, come on! But so, they're like, he's left alone. And Dylan McDermott's like, walking around the room, looking at the pictures of the dead wife. Like, he has this, it's this creepy little setup. Like, we kind of breezed over. Like Like a shrine. Drywall is covering up a little... Yeah, it's a little shrine to his dead wife, and the, the drywall was covering up a little, like, baby room, where it was, like, this, it's like a little cot, and, like, I guess, like, a bucket for him to shit in or something. Like, real creepy, like, you know, living here amongst the, the dirt and all that stuff. Just, like, but, living like, there for, like, No real explanation like, of how years. he's coming and going. Like, I still have so many questions. I guess he had been there for ten years, I guess, right? Because, I mean, yeah, it has to over. be at least, a, like, a, a while. And so he's clearly mm-hmm. in that case, and then yeah. And so he, um, he, uh, is standing in, like, the, this I liked, this is where I, like, when I said before I liked the framing in this show a lot, there's a really nice shot where Dylan McDermott is standing, like, so when he broke open the, the drywall, it kind of, like, split, like, a cave, like, a big, giant, like, a heart shape almost, and so it's all black outside, and there's just this one, like, kind of swinging, um, uh, what do you call it, light bulb? In, in this dark mm-hmm. room, so it's a really creepy shot of, like, this blackness and this him and his silhouette under this light bulb, and, like, he's kind of putting the pieces together, like, well, where would this guy be if he's here and they're still warm? He couldn't have gone far. He doesn't say it out loud, but, like, you can tell it's, like, his head's moving to that direction, and just as mm-hmm. he, like, like kind of puts it together, the dude full-on just bursts through the drywall and, like, comes at him like the goddamn Hulk. Like, it was crazy! <laughs> Who could burst through drywall like that? That's insanity. I mean, that's crazy person strength. But so, like, he he literally reaches up, like, Carrie, like, out of the, out of the, the, um, the grave. Like, comes, like, jumping out the drywall. It shatters into a million pieces, and he just, like, takes the guy down. And then, of course, mm-hmm. we get more of, like, Tommy McDermott's, like, expert jiu-jitsu moves, where he's, like, like, I'm telling you, this is why it looks so ridiculous. It's like he's, like, hitting him with his hands behind his back. Like, his hands are, like, backwards behind his back, and he's, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, he's doing those, like, Neo from the Matrix moves, where he's, like, s- like swerving, like, his back, and, like, it's so stupid-looking. <laughs> it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> it is. And so, he takes the guy down, um... He, well, before he does that, though, because he's, even though he's a judo champ, this guy's clearly driven by crazy strength. Um, Mich- uh, Michelle slash um, Beth comes back and shoots him in the arm, um, and which takes him down in the meantime. He's still not dead, but it just, it, it definitely, like, um, he, he gets hit enough to, like, get stumbled backwards and, like, grip his side. Get detained, yeah. Um, and then, of course, we get another scene with Bobby, because I'm like, oh, okay, we've at least gotten away from Bobby oh, stuff now. We get no, more Bobby. We get like, more this is Bobby. a terrible way to end it, because we're basically done. So, basically, the Bobby stuff... Bobby's still a dick. He's like, um, um now we can be together again, Annie. Like, like, I was really worried about Fuck away you. from me. Like, lo- loving loving someone doesn't mean being scared by them and ruining their lives. And if you're really sorry, you'll leave me alone forever. And Bobby's like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I'm a white guy. Like, <laughs> it's like I'm a rich white guy, frat guy. I don't know I'm how to do that. I'm not used to hearing the word no. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, I, I, that's I was, the vibe. I will say that I was worried for, like, a minute that she was going, like, it was going to take, like, a sympathetic... Um, like angle and be like oh, she had that okay, in the I'll bedroom for a second chance. too but then yeah. like but then she's like no <laughs> goodbye yeah, it's and so and then of, of course Dylan McDermott was rooting for them because he's like no happy end well this is my Dylan McDermott impression he goes no happy ending <sighs> like that's exactly like the kind of vibe he, he has like a, a maximum of like I would bet like 30 lines in this episode like it's a lot of like jaw clenching and like squinty eyes and then like one-liners he's basically like um 
uh, what's his name from uh, CSI Miami. He's just basically oh yeah, yeah, whatever his name is. Um, it's just the same basic vibe of just like you know one liners and like doesn't really have anything to say besides like the the stunning conclusion of what really is going on. Like he's there to break in and be like. Really, it's this. It's just David Crusoe bullshit right. from start to finish. And so, um, so he he says like, oh, I was he's like, um, I was rooting for them basically. I'm like, so you're rooting for Bowie to be an asshole. And then we find out later on when he's in his his house alone, he's holding a fucking Swedish fish. I'm like, first of all, it's weird enough that this like creepy dude, uh, Dylan McDermott, held the black eyes of a panther, is like sitting there holding like this yellow Swedish fish in a wrapper. Like, it's really weird. It's a weird scene. But like, he took that from his son's candy box. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's weird, and it's just like a trophy, and it gets me really like. I thought his son gave it to him. Like, I was like, hey, thanks for like saving me from like those bullies. Oh, did he give it to him? Yeah, like, yeah, he gave it to him. Okay, at least way, he gave it, it to him. Like, That's good. Yeah. I kind of zoned no, out did. because I was so amazed that he was going to beat those kids up. I was, like, waiting for it to happen. <laughs> um, but either way, he's, like, holding this candy, like, like it's the goddamn, like, um, uh, he, it's like a Fabergé egg. Yeah, he's, like, holding it. Like, all he oh. wants is a second chance. With his son. <laughs> like, you're the one that ruined it. Like, you don't necessarily need one. I think that's why he was rooting, question, like, uh, quotation marks Oh, no, Bobby. absolutely. He was rooting for him because he sees himself in... Some aspects of his how shitty Bobby is. Um, yeah. That's my my final note. Bobby's just fuck you, Bobby. And he's gone, mm-hmm. and Bobby like all like like belligerently like stands there like I guess I'll be a human being for once and let her go. <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. It's like so well. then um um the 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 friend from work that they slept with before she shows up and she's like look this isn't a booty call I realize that you just need a friend she's like here's a six pack. And then we also get the Maggie Q scene, which I guess, again, is supposed to be this big foreboding scene where it's revealed that, like, um, 4chan is, like, Googling her. Or, or I guess, I don't even know what's it called, but 4chan is being her. And then um, they they figure out that she is uh, a survivor of a blaze. And, like, I don't know what the... the it just sounds like this poor woman had a horrible experience and she changed her yeah. name. But maybe there was, like, something like it was her fault or something. I don't know. Who knows? But she changed her name, essentially. And he knows about she it. She was now, the only and survivor. It. Yeah, and then it's like, like she ends up calling like I guess like a psychiatric facility in like Seattle to make sure that I guess someone who stalked her in the past is still like in their custody. That and was they say yes. Interesting. It was very creepy. And then yeah, was, she says, "Has any has you had any visitors?" And I say, "No." So she's like yeah, super it, creeped out. I'm like, "But but lady, I'm like that's what the internet's for. So you got to get on 4chan. You got to understand like how it works." <laughs> Like, you don't but have to go I, visit a person. The know. one thing I will mention about, you know, this that's how the episode ended and, like, you know, everything. The music during that was, like, a creepy cover version of yes. one way or another. I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, yeah, get you. Yeah, and it, it was, like, eerie. creepy and slowed down. I was like, oh, I don't like this. No. And at first I was like, oh, this is so, like, hammy and, like, ridiculous. It felt like yeah. a Pretty Little Liars Then it episode. got creepy. Yeah, it was like a Pretty Little Liars beat where they could totally do the same thing. And it mm-hmm. would be more, like, campy and ridiculous. But this was just, like, it got creepier and creepier. And then it just... It just trailed off into silence and it was just really creepy so i think it did but though basically we're left with like he knows about the fire he's gonna use that against her shit's about to get real but who basically, knows basically no idea episode, what's about to get real. that very last scene was like the most like tense part of the entire episode <laughs> which is ridiculous because it's an episode yeah. about stalking and haunted houses and you think that they could have at least you know one other bit that's a little more intense but right. anyway so that was the episode though guys <laughs> like it was i mean this is like one of those shows where i mean 
there are elements of it that were creepy that we, we went over. I find a lot of stuff about it creepy. But, like, it's just so disappointing because I feel like another, like, a scary TV show by Kevin Williamson would be great. And, I, I mean, he does, uh, he was, you know, creator and he does probably have some kind of creative control um, to a minor extent now to the Vampire Diaries, even though Julie Plack has taken over most of it. But, like, like... I understand, like, he has a great amount of, like, work he can still do, but it's just really frustrating to see something that could have been good, um, just be just squandered. Just kind of, like, hammy and, like, confusing. Yeah. This is definitely his my least favorite of his work, for sure. Um, I haven't really watched, like, I know you did last summer, or T.G. Miss Tingle recently, but I think those are probably maybe a little weaker, too, but I like a lot of what he does, even if it's not, like, the greatest. Like, there are definitely, mm-hmm. like, Scream 3, again, understandably... At least the other stuff is, like, even if it's not great, it's, like, endearing, but this is, like, neither. (laughs) This is neither, and it it really, to me, it was more just, like, a, look, I can try and do, like, the procedural thing, like, everybody else is doing, too, and they just didn't work out to me. Mm -hmm. And I I want, I would want so badly, like, again, like, they put Scream on TV for a while, and they have Scream Queens and that kind of stuff, but, like, I would love a show that's just basically, like, legitimately, like, Scream. And then it's, like, a week-to-week, like, slasher scariness. Which I guess you could claim there are shows that are doing that kind of stuff, but I don't think they're doing them well. They're not doing them to the caliber that Kevin Williamson did in the, in the 2000s. So, and then in the late 90s. Like, those, those were, like, the greatest... Like, that, to me, it form, it's, like, the most formative... Some of the most formative movies I've ever seen. Like, Scream is one of my mm-hmm. all-time favorite movies. And it's not just him. Like, he wrote it. I mean, Wes Craven has a huge factor in a lot of that stuff, too. Um, but, like, it, to me, like, it's totally welcome, and it's really, I think, would be a lot, it would fit in a lot better in today's, um, TVs, like, if you did, like, a Netflix series that would be terrifying. I would love to watch that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, but they just don't, I don't know, I think that, that he tried to, he tried to step too far out of his, his comfort zone, and it didn't really work out here at all. Um, but, yeah, so, that's this. I mean, if you, if you like this, I really recommend watching Vampire Diaries, because, um, Vampire Diaries is basically has the better parts of this. It, it is very serialized, but it's, um, incredibly scary. Um, and it's not, it, people always assume it's just basically Twilight with, um, some, uh, heads being torn off, but no, it's literally, I mean, tw- <laughs> Vampire Diaries is probably the goriest show I've seen, um, in a long time. Like, besides maybe Nip Tuck, because that's literally too gory to, to, to explain, but, like, the Vampire Diaries is more graphic and disturbing than Angel and Buffy and a lot of that kind of stuff. And I'm saying that fully knowing what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I guarantee you it's more gory and more intense. Um, and the originals is pretty dark, too, but that's that's awfully Julie Plack. It's not him. Um, but so I would recommend watching that or just go back and watch Scream. It's all on Netflix, I think. Like, good God, that movie's amazing. And it's a flawless <laughs> piece of uh, art, in my opinion. And I will go down fighting over how it's important to culture, whether or not people think it's just some teen wacky movie or not. I think it's incredibly... Uh, important. So deal with it, people. Um, but that's why I hated this so much. I don't know about you, Ashley. I, I had a hard time watching this because it was just like there were just so many things that were bad. <laughs> it was like from the opening scene. I'm just like, uh... this sucked. This sucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, so let's move on to plugs. So what's up with you, Ashley? Plugs. So I guess just like a little bit about me, real quick. Um, I'm a freelance writer living in New York. Um, you can I, you can catch me saying stupid shit on Twitter <laughs> at, um, awesome. at Offbeat Orbit if you want. Um, I have a column called Accidental Virgin, which is a virgin sex column, <laughs> which I mean you can check out at thegloss.com. And um, 
yeah, I have other little writings around the internet that you can find more out about either through Twitter, Instagram is my same handle, Offbeat Orbit, Tumblr, if you dare go that route <laughs> of weirdness. I yeah. think it's like a, it's a solid fit for this genre of episode. Yeah, it's very like, like teenage witch like coolness. If you enjoy that, you will enjoy stuff that Ashley posts, I guarantee you. <laughs> Yay! Oh, that's so good to hear. But yeah, so I just want to write another writer on the internet trying to trying to make it work <laughs> i know how that is um all right awesome and then um in the meantime i am at Mara E on twitter um this week's episode um i'm oh, sorry this week's recaps on the television for me will be uh speaking of the vampire diaries go back and read that this season is um kind of infuriating because there's too much um moms in it that i want back i want more <laughs> teens bring me back the teens um but in the meantime um there's also gonna be supergirl um, so stay tuned for that. That's next week. It, it premieres, so I'm going to be recapping that. And then um, I always recap by zombie as well. So if you like teen horror, that's another one. She's a little older than a teen, but it's still got a good amount of, the, um, you know, jump scares and that kind of stuff in it as well. Um, so um, next week will be our Halloween hum party episode, I guess you call it. We had a lot of people on, so stay tuned for that. Um, it's The Vampire Diaries, Season 4, Episode 8. So speaking of, it can get bad. This is the We'll Always Have Bourbon Street episode about, like, the uh, sires and everything and all the terrible um, slut-shaming that goes on with Elena and Caroline and stuff. So we're going to get into it. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned for that. And then you can find us on Twitter at the Televoid. You can email us at televoid.gmail.com. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. And um, thanks for wandering into the Televoid, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye.